As we wrap up 2020, I want to thank the listeners for the Let's Get Real podcast with Rob Lundberg, knowing that we've gone through some changes over this year, and they've been good changes. I want to share with you some of those changes and share with you from my heart where I see our culture is going. So let's get real as we close out 2020. And you are listening to the Let's Get Real podcast with Rob Lundberg. Thank you for tuning in. And as we close out 2020, I am sure that many of us are looking forward to seeing what the new year has in store. You know, we've really gone through some interesting things. Uh, We've started off with the Let's Get Real podcast with uh, Rob Lundberg in June after a few years of the real issue. And we're still dealing with the real issue. But one of the things that we decided to do was to start really getting real about where we are as a culture, as a church, as believers, as people who are looking for answers. And I believe our culture is actually looking for some hope. You know, I'm very thankful for the last few years And I just want to share with you a little bit of a background so you know where I'm coming from. One, I am a former skeptic of, and I've been in the faith for about 40 plus years. And for that, I'm grateful. And I'm really grateful for the fact that I wanted to know why Christianity was true. And I hope this podcast has been able to help you understand a little bit about where we're coming from and where we are going, and how, why I believe Christianity is true. Basically, speaking on some of the issues that we have been graced with over the years. You know, we talk about things like the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we talk about the deity of Jesus Christ, and God's existence, and all of that. We'll be back visiting with those a little bit more in 2021, because I think people are actually looking for answers. But I got into apologetics about three, four years after I was redeemed, after 1980, 1983, 1984. I got really, really enthused more so about apologetics and being involved in living out the apologetic life. That was about two, three years before I met my wife, Kathy. And you've had her on uh, when we were the Real Issue Issue Apologetics uh, podcast, and you've heard from them, and you've heard from my daughter, Christine, and we're hoping to hear from them again, uh, not too distant future. But you know, I believe the church is in, well, a lot of trouble. And I believe it's because of the anti-intellectualism that we see in the church today. You know, back in the 18th century, the challenge first started coming with men like David Hume and also Kierkegaard and German rationalism, rationalistic critical thinking and and all. And then, of course, Darwin came in 1830s, going and issuing a challenge to the Christian church. And I shared this with you about how the American church has lost its evangelical mind in that episode. You know, one of the things that I see really, really problematic is the pastors are not preaching apologetically. 
they need to be able to give reasons why they believe what they believe and why Christianity is true to those that they listen to. We actually have pastors today that are telling stories and then giving an application, but tell them, telling the stories can be rather subjective instead of an exegetical approach to Scripture. In other words, what does the Bible say, what does it mean, and how does it apply? We're not seeing a whole lot of that in our culture today. So that being said, you know, it's a wonder why the church is in a lot of trouble today because we are not discipling our people in the Word of God when they grace the pews and, and the chairs on Sunday mornings. And as a result, we're seeing the culture start creeping into the church in such a way where now the church is starting to look a little bit more like the culture. And folks, that is problematic. So with that being said, as far as a five-minute or so introduction, what I want to do is I want to read for you a passage of Scripture where I believe is very, very important. And I think that's something that you and I need not forget. This is going to be something a little different than what I have gone and done in the past. I've been a pastor. I lasted 18 months as a pastor in a, in a small rural church in Virginia. But no harm, no foul there. Um, I've actually been able to do more ministry than I was when I was a pastor. That being said, I want to share with you a passage. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 1, verse 18. We're going to look at some passages of Scripture. I want to show you where I think we are as a nation. As a nation morally. You know, we've talked about moral issues with the Real Issue podcast, and we've also talked about them with the Let's Get Real podcast with regards to some of the violence that we've seen over the years with regards to Charlottesville and other places. And, and then how also we have lost our moorings as far as our patriotism and understanding those people who protect us. And then, you know, the, under, the symbolism of the flag. And of course, our political leaders have not been very gracious to those who have been exercising their First Amendment rights, even though they've been doing it wrongly. I really believe that this is an indicative symptom of religion being removed from the American fabric. And Oz Guinness, who is with the Oxford uh, Center for Christian Apologetics, as well as uh, he's an independent writer and thinker, has gone and said that when you go and you remove a religion from a culture, secularism takes full control. And that's, that's just a rough summation. But in looking at Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 32, what I want to do is I want to read it for us, and then what I want to do is I want to glean some things where I go, and, and what I want to do is I want to prove, if you will, I want to try and defend the position that I believe God has turned this nation over for his judgment. Now, that sounds rather problematic. And that doesn't mean, folks, first and foremost, that does not mean that we need to go and throw the baby out with the bathwater or have an escapist premillennial dispensational viewpoint, you know, come quickly, Lord Jesus. You know, if we go and we look at our culture and look at our world today, we have believers in like the 1040 window of the, of the Islamic nations. And we have people in Korea and China Bible-believing Christians that are facing persecution. 
I believe that it is very, very important and high time that the American church, evangelical Christianity, when I say American church, needs to step up on its confidence on why Christianity is true. And this is where our ministry is coming from. So what I would like to do is I'd like to present to you a sobering message that I believe is a wake-up call and I hope would be a wake-up call for us because this has been on my heart for a couple, three, four weeks or so, even maybe a couple months, when I've been doing my devotionals with in Romans, and I and I found that I'm looking at our culture, and I'm looking at these verses, and I'm thinking, my goodness gracious, God very well could be turning America over because of where we are as a culture. It's not fatalistic. I think it's very realistic. And see if what I'm saying to you makes sense. And if it isn't making sense, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to challenge me on this. And I'd like you to challenge me from the perspective of email or even comments on the in the episode where I want you to go and show me where you're coming from as a listener. And I want to say thank you for listening as we go and we engage these passages and go and say that we need a revival more than ever. Let's look at the passage, and I'll read it for you. And it's very, very sobering. I will grant that. But I think it's very important that we do this. Starting at verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in in unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of of corruptible man and of birds and in four-footed animals and crawling creatures. And here's the sobering part right here. Therefore God gave them over in the lusts of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creation the creature rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. For this reason God gave them over to degrading passions, for their women exchanged natural function for that which is unnatural, and in the same manner also men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. Verse 28, and just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, gave, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventions, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, 
And although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they do not only know, they do not only do the same, but they also give hearty approval to those who practice them. That's the end of the passage. I pray that God is honored in the reading of his word. Now, when we look at this passage and we look at our culture, the way that things are going, I want us to think about, first off, the fact that this passage, as a classical apologist, somebody who believes that truth exists, and if truth exists, then God exists, if God exists, then miracles are possible, and so on and so forth. I believe this passage really speaks to the fact that what we see around us is plenty of evidence to go and point to people using our senses to go and seek God and seek beyond those five senses in order for us to be able to go and find him. Because as, as Paul tells us in Acts 17, that man gropes around looking for God that, that, they, that they might find them. And of course, there's plenty of evidence in the world from natural theology and the, the natural world around us that we can actually see evidence for the existence of God. We look at the universe and see that the universe has, has, has a beginning and the fact that it shows design and the fact that the universe is moral. We see the fact that all of those things are happening. But it's very interesting that how the atheist today rejects that going and calling it evolution and basically worshiping the, the creature rather than the creator. You know, the old adage or the old poem, once I was a tadpole, when I did begin, then I was a froggy with me tail tucked in, next to a monkey swinging from a tree, now I'm hopeful for a PhD. It's kind of like along the lines where the evolution, evolutionist, the neo-evolutionist, if you will, that basically says, from goo to you by way of the zoo. And this is where we are, because if you look at 1835, we see the Darwinism of that day, and even today, the neo-Darwinism, they're looking for an excuse to go and show Darwin's theories. And of course, the folks at the Discovery Institute are going and showing and pointing out that Darwin's mathematical, Darwinism's, um, Darwinism's, uh, how would I put it? The, the probability of Darwinism is mathematically impossible. And of course, you know, we have these things that are, that we try and argue for. But what really troubles me is the fact that really when we look at all the legislations and stuff that have happened in America today, we see that they're centered on sexual freedom. Let me prove that to you. If you look at the fact of 1972, we see abortion. Abortion was legalized by the Supreme Court at that time, that, that it was legal for a woman to kill the baby that's in their body, but except at the same time it was a shaking of the fist for her sexual freedom and the sexual freedom of the culture. That's legislation number one. We go further up into the, the, the forward in, in, in history, and we see the fact that same-sex behavior is now seeking normalization in our culture. And that's what they've always wanted ever since the gay 90s, if you will, where they've wanted to be accepted as normal. Instead, it's unnatural. Now, what I want to do is I want to show you this 
because this is where people are professing to be wise but actually becoming foolishness in their heart. And what they're doing is they're exchanging the incorruptible for the corruptible and, and worshiping the creation rather than the creator. In verse 24, we see the fact, and verse 24, verse 26, and verse 28, that God does second the, emotion, the, the, second the motion of the one seeking the behavior. He's not winking at sin. He's seconding the motion because basically man worshiping the creation and worshiping the creation and, and, the, and not the creator, shaking his fist and saying, I am the one, the final authority. I am the measure of all things. And that is not what God desires. Folks, we're in a lot of trouble. First and foremost, I want you to think with me about the fact that God gives man over to the depravity of the lusts of our hearts to impurity. And as I shared with you, that the, the religion of our culture today, and Frank Turek will, will back this up where he says, and I agree with him, that the religion of the culture is hedonism and sex. Folks, we're in trouble. Because it says, God gave them over to the lusts of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who was blessed forever. Amen. So that's the first area that America has actually given, been given over by God to their, the lusts of of the lust of their pride, lust of their flesh, and God basically said, you want it? Here you have it. The second place where God has given America over to isn't just the fact of, of, um, of, of sex, but it gets worse because he's gone and given America over to their push to normalize same-sex erotic behavior. There's just no other way of putting it. I'll just describe it at that. And I know that this is not politically correct. I'm not looking to be politically correct because I know I'm correct on this. It is unnatural. Notice what it says where in verse 26, for this reason God gave them over to the degrading passions for their woman exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same manner, men abandoned the natural function of the woman, that's heterosexual uh, relations, and burned in their desire toward one another, men with men, committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. God seconds the, the, the motion of not only giving a person over to the impurity of their heart, but he also gives them over to the impurity of their bodies, degrading passions. And of course, what do we see in our culture today? We don't just see same-sex behavior. We also see the, the rise of pornography and, and, and pastors and men falling, ministers falling as a result of sexual misbehavior and, and sexual passion, you know, trying to satisfy that. And, you know, every one of us is not perfect. I get it. 
Every one of us uh, is a sinner created in the image and likeness of God. God did not create us for sin. He desires us not to sin. We have to go back to the Garden of Eden to go back to the, the fact of that first sin and the fact that you and I are created in, in the image of Seth, but created in the image and likeness of God with the attributes that are on a semi-transcendent level, but at the same time, we are born with that sinful nature. And if we follow that sinful nature, we will meet the demise as is our culture. But folks, we are in a lot of trouble when it comes to the church. We, when we go and we succumb to things that are evil art, if you will, pornographa, which is pornography uh, as, as well. And of course, we see that where God will give a person over to the lust of their flesh and the passions. The third thing that God gives us over to, if we continue in this direction, is the fact that he gives us over to degrading passions, but at the same time, he gives us over to a depraved mind. And there's a whole shopping list of, of characteristics of behaviors, if you will, where we see um, those folks who are with a depraved mind being filled with all, all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, their gossip, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, and without understanding, trustworthy, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, although they know the ordinance. In other words, they know right and wrong. They know the ordinance of God. It says that in Scripture. And of course, if you go and you talk to somebody who goes and says, well, you know, I, I knew it was wrong, but I did it anyway, that just goes and proves this, that, that this Scripture is true. The fact that you know, and you just go with the fact of a, of a little child, you tell them not to go and grab a cookie because it might ruin their appetite. And when the parent's not looking, they go and they check to see if the parent's not looking, and what do they do? They go and they grab a cookie. Folks, that's just our natural inclinations. That's just our natural behavior. That's what we do. You know, we are in our iniquities, and of course, because we're factless, sinful by nature, that is outpoured by the fact that we will exercise and carry out the lusts of our desires. That's transgression against God. And of course, we know that it says in Isaiah where Jesus was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. And, and, and all of that was cast upon him. And it says that by his stripes, we're spiritually healed, not physically healed, but spiritually healed. And folks, we're in a lot of trouble because not only does God give us over to our, the impurity of our hearts, doesn't give us over just to our degrading passions, but he also gives us over to a depraved mind. And if you look at our culture today, you will see that those who practice such things are making a push for everybody else to do them. And here's what it says in verse 32. And, all they know the, and although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things in, in, from verse 28 forward, those who practice such things are worthy of death, and that's spiritual death. And they not only do the same, 
but they also give hearty approval to those who practice them. So basically where we see our culture today is that we are driving forward fast and furiously to chaos and evil. People looking for their own desires, their own will, their own push. Folks, I know that this is the last show of our, of our 2020 year, but I think if you look at 2020, you can see this to be true. We're in a lot of trouble. And I believe this started when we pushed truth out the window. If truth does not exist, then everything is all permissible. Because if God does not exist, then everything is permissible. And I believe that was Dostoevsky. But nevertheless, I'm reminded of Alexander Solzhenitsyn in his Gulag letters, who said that Soviet Russia has forgotten God. I believe America is on the cusp of forgetting God and becoming a secular nation unless the church wake up and take action in discipling the, its people, its, its, its body, if you will, the body of believers, the invisible church, where we go and start preaching the cross of Jesus Christ as a historical event, as well as the historical resurrection. For 2021, the goal of our podcast, which is the audio arm of roblundberg.org, we're going to start dealing with matters of culture. We're going to start addressing some of those things in our culture. We're going to start with truth next, next week. We're going to start with truth again. And you go and say, well, Rob, you know, you did that before. Well, I'm going to start there again because, you know, we need the reminder that truth does exist whether man wants it to exist or not. And then we're going to start, then go from there to the existence of God. And if God does exist, then we need to pay attention. And I'm going to start from ground zero, and we're going to work our way up. And as we start getting to things that we see in culture happening, and we'll be interrupted by some of those things, and we'll speak to those issues in our culture. If you have any questions, please reach out to us at realissueapologetics at yahoo.com. Also, check out my website and look on the resources for growing list of resources that will be happening. I'll be adding some links on there in the not-too-distant future related to apologetics and scripture passages that will help you on subject matter that will help you walk circumspectly in, in the will of God. So as you go this week, first off, I pray that you had a very Merry Christmas. But more importantly, as you move into, through this week, into the new year, my prayer for you is that you will have a reflective look at where you've been in 2020 and where you would like to go in 2021. And my prayer 
for you as well is that as you go out into the culture, into your workplace, into the coffee shops and the highways and the byways, wherever you are, my prayer for you is that you live as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. And as you go, I pray that 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, is, is a, a passage of Scripture that you will memorize and apply in your life. It says, set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts and be ready always to give a reason for the hope that you have with gentleness and respect. At the same time, Romans chapter 12 and 1 and 2, this says, I urge you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Verse, verse 2 of Romans chapter 12 says, but do not be conformed to this world. What that means is don't let the world use you as silly putty, mold you and shaping you into what it wants you to be. You'd be what God desires you to be. And it says, do not be conformed to this world. That's that, that word conform. But be transformed like a butterfly. Metamorpheo is the word. Metamorphosis. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. My prayer for you is to get into the word of God. See what it says. Start with the Gospels. Read the Gospels. If you're not a believer, thank you for listening to this podcast. I challenge you to pick up the Bible. I challenge you to pick it up and just read the Gospels. And as you go, show me if you are real Jesus, which should be your prayer. And as you go, please, please let us know what you find out if you do that. But as you go out, as we wrap up 2020, I pray that we stand firm on what we believe and why we believe it. I pray that we will stand firm no matter what a government, because what a government says, because if the government should challenge our Christian convictions, my prayer for you is that you would stand on your Christian convictions. Why? Because government is not God. Culture does not determine what is right and wrong. What is legal does not mean that it's lawful in the eyes of God. And please remember that. Because as you go out, you and I are called to be his ambassadors of righteousness. And as I wrap up our show today, as I've wrapped up our shows ever since we have started in 2017, as you go out this week, as God gives you life and breath, as you go out and serve him as his ambassador, my prayer for you is always go out and give them heaven. And we will talk to you again in 2021. Lord bless.
Thank you.